Vox Quick Hits. I'm Rebecca Jennings, a culture reporter for Vox, and this is What's the Story, a series that takes a deeper dive into stories from the Vox Culture Desk. So when I was a kid, like many kids at the time, I was obsessed with Harry Potter. I was the person that would dress up to go to the book premiere at midnight. Dear Mr. Potter, we are pleased to inform you that you have been accepted at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. So I remember in high school once I dressed up as Ginny Weasley in like a tie and a sweater vest and a little plaid skirt and a wand, which was a stick from the ground. And we got tickets to the 3 a.m. premiere of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. You're the chosen one, Harry. You have to realize who you are. Without you, we leave the fate of our world to chance. I grew up with the series. I was the perfect age when it started to come out. I was about five years old. It was one of the first big girl books that I'd ever read. And by the time I was in college, that's when the last movie was coming out. So Harry Potter was super, super important to me. Up until recently, just the idea of a Harry Potter TV spinoff would have been met with a predictable response. A lot of major excitement from fans, maybe some speculations about who would play young Snape and why it would definitely be Adam Driver, and of course a bunch of grumpy takes about why the world already has enough Harry Potter. But recently, there's been a much more urgent reason to reconsider more Harry Potter, and that's because of its creator. J.K. Rowling's work has been held up as a beacon of progressivism and open-mindedness, but her more recent legacy is a lot more complicated. Asia Romano is a culture reporter at Vox, and they've been thinking about this for a long time. Asia, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So earlier this year, we saw rumors spreading online of a Harry Potter TV series. Are they true? Well, yes and no. It was reported by The Hollywood Reporter. And at that time, both HBO and Warner Brothers denied it. So we haven't really gotten any um, official confirmation. But The Hollywood Reporter did report that, according to their anonymous sources, there is a TV show in pre-development. And, you know, in a normal world, you would think that more Harry Potter equals good. Fans would be really excited. But can you explain why that was not the reaction from folks? There are a number of issues that have distanced fans from maybe Rowling's vision of the series, but by far her transphobia is the thing that I think most people are concerned about. Right. Can you kind of give me a timeline of how J.K. Rowling has sort of repeatedly distanced herself from fans and gone against the legacy of the progressivism of Harry Potter? So within the last three to four years, she started following TERFs as they're called on Twitter and sort of started to like stealth like turf comments and transphobic arguments. So the term we use is TERFs, it's T-E-R-F, which stands for trans exclusionary radical feminism. And if you just hear radical feminism, you may think that sounds kind of fun, but it's not like it basically means that uh, it's a transphobic strain of feminism or perceived feminism that attempts to argue that trans women aren't really women and are in fact men pretending to be women in order to be sexual predators uh, and prey on 
women in the feminist movement. It's a very, very toxic ideology. And um, trans people and allies and fandom noticed this and started to sort of try and get people's attention. Um, but I don't think anybody really realized what was happening until the end of December 2019. Um, and at that point, she basically supported a transphobic woman who was at that time the center of a very publicized British lawsuit. And when she did that, she really got a lot of people's attention. And I think maybe at the time people thought, well, maybe this is just a one-off. But as trans people who were in the fandom could have told you it was not a one-off. This is something she had been building towards for many years. The main takeaway that I think people have when they talk about when we're talking about a new Harry Potter series is this fear that if we reward Rowling, basically, by giving her a new TV series, it will be sending a message to trans people that that Rowling's transphobia doesn't matter, you know, and, and her power is bigger than their actual lives, you know, and their actual identities as trans people. Yeah. And I mean, especially for kids that grew up with Harry Potter and are now coming to terms with their sexuality or their gender identity. Can you give me a sense of what this felt like for fans who had come to see Rowling as this like, you know, this author who maybe got them or was rooting for them, who now is completely like slamming the door in their faces? Sure. Well, I actually wrote about this last year. And one of the things I did was I wrote from my perspective as a non-binary fan because I read Harry Potter from the perspective that one of the characters, Tonks, was intended to be Rowling's sort of nod to to androgyny and to non-binary identity because she was a shapeshifter. When you first see her, she's got a very butch appearance. She's very androgynous in her styling and she doesn't want to go by her feminine first name. She goes by Tonks instead because she prefers that. Um, and I just thought, I looked at that character and I thought, wow, this reflects me. This reflects um, something that I think a lot of non-binary and transgender people could, can relate to, you know, not feeling comfortable in the gender to which you were assigned at birth. But then over the course of the novel series, she sort of, I guess, adjusts. She, quote unquote, grows up and grows into her femininity and she winds up being very, very soft um, and wielding this very soft power version of traditional femininity, you might say. She winds up um, being married with a kid and uh, letting her husband call her by the name that she used to hate, you know, which is sort of, when you look at it now, it feels like Rowling wrote that character essentially to make the argument that trans people or gender nonconforming people who are uncomfortable when they're teens just need to, like, basically grow into themselves, which is really a slap in the face, ultimately, and completely negates like all the ability that I had to relate to that character. But it's really hard not to look back at, at things like that and read them differently once you know how Rowling feels, you know? And so I think a lot of people are grappling with not only the betrayal that they feel from her and the things she's saying now, but maybe a sense of betrayal from from their their past selves, you know, as they reconsider and have to sort of renegotiate the books that they love. Absolutely. And I mean, does, has this changed the way that you feel about the idea that it's possible to separate art from artists at all? Or does this, you know, reaffirm what you've already believed? It's always possible to separate the art from the artist to some extent, but I think it's irresponsible of us to try and completely erase um, the artists themselves from, from their work and their intended meaning um, and how what we know of the artists can impact how we read their work. Um, there are many, many artists that 
that we I'm sure we've all encountered um, across every medium that we can't look at the same way once we know about their real lives. Right. And once we know about their past and some of the things they've done and some of the things that they've they've thought and said. A lot of people are going through that right now as we speak with uh, Joss Whedon and sort of the calls to accountability that some of the women that he's worked with have said. This is just something that's an ongoing conversation. For me, part of the complication is that Rowling is still around. She's not dead. We're not having this conversation about someone who can't continue to give us their input and leave their mark on the series. She's alive and she's attempting to do that right now. And so when we talk about a new Harry Potter, we're talking about something that will have ultimately come from the brain of this person that we now know has a really toxic and bigoted attitude towards trans people. Um, And is that something that we want to allow into the world? You can't separate the art from the artist if the artist is still trying to make more art, right? So I think that's a very, very relevant part of the discussion. That's such a good point. Um, Asia, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, you're very welcome. To read Asia's full story, head to Vox.com. 